My dream has always been to be a farmer. I've dreamt that ever since I was a kid. Raise animals, have horses, raise elk. It's, uh, it, it's legal in Utah to raise elk. And uh, welcome to the dream. I mean, you're, you're, you're here. We are here at the lodge. Uh, inside of our facility and we're glad to have you here. My name is Chad Hymas and this is not the way that I envisioned the dream with the fireplace behind me, um, the couches, the pool tables. This is not the way I planned it. I always thought that I'd be farming cattle, elk and horses out in a field. Today I would like to talk about the power of intention as we fight a virus worldwide, as uh, we face financial downturns and uh, a lot of our Humanity, a lot of our people and, and our friends are looking for a place to eat and wondering where their next paycheck's gonna come from. I have a few thoughts and ideas that I would like to share with you on, on how to get through this crisis and relate it to my experience of farming. First and foremost, you need to understand that as I moved out of the Salt Lake City area out to a remote area called Rush Valley to build this dream, I had this intention. And if you don't know what intention means, ask yourself this question. What do I dream, dream about? What do I sing about? And what do I cry about? That will answer the question for you what your intentions are in life. So my dream was to always have a farm, as I mentioned. I sang about it in a car. Uh, when I listened to country music and I cried about it when I didn't find the right piece of land. So what do you dream about, what do you sing about, and what do you cry about? That will answer the law of intentionality. How do you live a law of intention? Well, no one has ever got anywhere by intention alone. You have to have acts. So I was building this dream when I had an accident on the farm and became what you're seeing today. So I am numb in both my hands. My arms are numb. The movement that you're seeing is strictly shoulders. I lost everything from the armpits down. Two out of my three chest muscles gone. The only muscle that's in my chest is my diaphragm, which allows me to sit here and breathe without being hooked up to a tube to my neck. Stomach muscles are gone. My midsection is gone. My legs are both gone. And the feet, I can't feel my feet either. With that said, that took place on the ranch while building the dream. I had a bale of hay roll over and, and fall on my head, punched my head to the steering wheel and the shaft went through my mouth, which broke out everything that you see here, all my teeth, and it broke the vertebrae and severed 95% of my spinal cord. And that's where my pandemic started. Speaking of pandemic, it's kind of interesting how this has worked in my life. It always seems that the current pandemic that we're going through is the worst one. Now, I don't wanna take away from COVID-19 or the financial crisis that we're all in or a bad economy or the downturn in work or the fact that a lot of us are looking for jobs or looking for babysitters or wondering whether or not we should or should not send our kids back to school. I really don't know the answers to any of those questions. All I know is this. I really haven't gained much until I've lost everything in my lifetime. I'll say it again. No one's ever climbed going downhill. So. In order for us to understand our true potential, we must understand that principle. It's what my dad said to me in the hospital. Son, I've got some good news, and then I've got some news that's gonna, it's gonna stretch you a little bit. The good news is that you're still alive, and you're here, you're able to grow. By the way, getting old is automatic. Everybody gets old, gets bald, you know, bald like me, or gray. Uh, growing, that's gotta be something you're intentional about. 
I love growing by studying other people, reading about other people's faith, studying other people's cultures. I love growing that way. My dad told me that they fixed all the broken bones in my neck and that was good news. Then my dad gave me some news that I didn't want to hear. He told me that I had lost everything that I just mentioned to you um, and that the doctors did not have a cure for that. There was no stitches, no glue, no duct tape. There was no way for them to mesh the spinal cord back together and that I would be a quad at the age of 27, married to a beautiful girl and two little boys. Shondell and I shared two little boys, ages three and one, at the time of that accident. And then my dad gave me a call to action. He asked me if I would be willing to be a better farmer. I know it sounds kind of ridiculous to me too. It didn't make sense. He asked me to be a better husband. That was a joke. I mean, I can't even hold her hand, let alone have another child with my wife. Certainly she deserves better. Those are some of my thoughts back then. He asked me to be a better coach. Basketball is our favorite. I don't know how one teaches a kid how to do a layup with no legs and no hands. I thought that was stupid. And my dad asked me if I would be a better disciple. It just didn't sound like he was credible. I mean, I can't even turn the pages on the good book. So how does one read or study? So I called my dad's bluff right there in the hospital. I said some things that would be inappropriate to say on the wholeness network or any network for that matter. I just, I just can't repeat what I said. My dad heard my vocabulary, he turned around and he walked out of the intensive care unit of the hospital. We're gonna stop my presentation right there. I have a question. Why is my dad walking out of the hospital? Just think about that for a second. Why would you leave your kid? I mean, I'm helpless, I'm 27. I can't even hit the call button to get the nurse in the room. My dad just heard me and he turns around and now he left a dark room even darker than it was with him in it. The room's already dark because I'm breathing through a machine, there's beeping noises going on all over the place. I got a respirator in, I got a feeding tube up my nose, going down my, my throat into my stomach, giving my body nutrients, and I am struggling. My dad turns around after me speaking to him through the trach. Through the trach, I was able to get my profanity out, and he walks out of the room. My question again is why? And some of you might be thinking he was hurt. I'm sure that's the case. Some of you might be thinking to teach me a lesson. I'm, I'm sure that was probably part of it. My dad has since told me why he walked out. Here's principle number one, law of intentionality, right here. We say this on the farm all the time. You can lead a horse to water, I'll let you finish it. You can't make the horse drink. If I have people that are watching this right now that are unteachable people, maybe too much pride, they're not changing their behavior for anybody, this presentation should mean absolutely nothing to you, nothing that you can just turn it off right now. But if you're willing to be a teachable person, if you're willing to drink, if you're willing to be taught, now you and I can visit via the airwaves. We can have a virtual conversation for sure. My dad walked out of the room because you can't teach somebody that doesn't want to be taught, whether it's a son, a daughter, a spouse, a student. I wasn't willing to be a, a pupil. I wasn't willing to be taught. My dad came back just like most dads do. My dad said this, are you ready to be teachable? Or are you just going to sit there in that chair like everybody else does? And that's my question to all of you. Are you ready to be teachable for the next few minutes? Or are you just going to sit there on that couch like everybody else does during COVID, wondering when the disease is going to go away? Listen, I'm not going to wait for a vaccination for me to be active. 
I'm not going to wait for them to find a cure for spinal cords for me to be, to be different. God didn't make you to be the same as everybody else. So what are we waiting for? I'm not saying to go out and do stupid stuff like hang out in groups and parties without a mask. I'm not saying that. And I, again, I don't know much about COVID. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I'm not an expert in that realm. I'm just saying that if you're sitting around waiting for somebody to solve your problems, instead of reinventing yourself or learning to do things differently, don't expect to have much success. I'm the only quadriplegic known by Guinness that travels the world alone. Well, up until COVID anyway. And now I have a studio that we work out of. And today it just so happens that Robin asked if we could film at the lodge. I think this is the first filming project we've done with the fireplace behind me at our lodge. But remember, I never wanted this anyway. My dream was to be out on the grass. We're going to get to that in a minute. My dream was always to be with cattle and horses and elk. That was my dream. My dad said, are you ready to be teachable? Or are you just going to sit there like everybody else? Here's my response. We're coming to number two right here. Here's number two. Be ready to write it down. I said, Dad, I won't say any more swear words. I apologize. Dad, I, I'm sorry for saying those, you know, those words that no father should have to hear a son say. But let's be realistic. I can't be a good husband. I can't hold her hand. I can't be a farmer. I can't get on the horse. I can't rope anymore, Dad. I can't heal. I can't head. I can't dance with my wife. I can't do a layup and teach the boys how to play ball. And as far as being a disciple, I mean, I don't even want to go to church, let alone turn the pages, Dad. I just, I just, it just seems like it's impossible. He said, stop that garbage right there. What do you notice by all those sentences? We'll just hold for pause. You can think about that for a second. What's the common trait amongst all those sentences that I just said? No, it's not the word can't. That's the wrong answer. I just said the word I five times in a row to my dad. I'd like to thank you all for watching this virtual video. I want you to know that this video is not for you. I don't mean that rude. Don't, don't hear that. Guess who benefits from you watching this? Everybody else that's not watching because you change a habit, a behavior, or a belief system. My dad likewise said that in the hospital. Son, you just said the word I five times. There's a bunch of people out in the waiting room. We can't let them in because you're thinking this is all about you. And we can't let them in until you change your behavior. That would include my wife, my children, cousins, aunts, uncles, grandparents, nephews, work, colleagues, coworkers. They wouldn't let them in because I kept thinking it was about me. Please remember that this wholeness network, these presentations, that they're not about you. Try and use the words you, we, ours, and us more than I, me, and my. I'll say it again. Use the words you, we, ours, and us more than I, me, and my. So the next time you decide to talk to somebody, open up your mouth, send a text, do something via a card, send off an email. The next time you decide to do that, use the words you, we, ours, and us more than I, me, and my. Watch what happens. Um, two things will happen. The first thing is automatic. Your focus becomes on others' needs, fears, and victories before yourself. And the second thing is even better. You don't have time to think about your own problems. Now you know why I've got to keep myself busy. I've got to be helping people. I've got to be speaking. I, I think in the last 22 years, I've been to 89 countries on all seven continents, and I spend about 27 days a month on the road. I'm not saying that to brag. My dream was always to farm people. So let's wrap this up with, with that, that, the way we started. I told you all that my dream was to be out in the green fields with cattle, elk, and horses. You know what I found out? I don't have to be 
on green grass, secluded to 40 acres, farming animals to be a farmer. The last principle I will share with you is to not think too small. Today, as I mentioned, I'm the only quadriplegic known of by Guinness that has traveled to 89 countries and I travel alone. I'm still married to Shondell. We have four children now. We just changed our belief system about how children are made, I guess. I mean, we adopted a couple of kids. Gracie comes to us from Guatemala and Caleb comes to us from Ethiopia. So now we have four beautiful children instead of two. Oh, speaking of Shondell, we're still married. I know, doesn't make sense to me either. Uh, we just celebrated 26 years and for 20 of those I've been in a chair. I, I, uh, I, I don't know what to say about that. It, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. What an angel she has been in my life. And I have found great joy in farming people into what I just shared with you. Remember what I said about the law of intentionality. I am very intentional about the way I live my life. I'm intentional about my meditation. I'm intentional about what I eat, how much I eat, so I can stay low enough and wait so that people can load me on airplanes because I, I don't get up and walk. I'm very intentional about the way that I love my wife. I'm very intentional about the way that I show my kids how I love their mother so that they can grow up and treat girls with the same respect. I'm very intentional about the scriptures that I read. I'm very intentional about the people that I listen to on the internet. I'm very intentional about the letters that I type and the words that I tweet because that's a description of who you are. And once you hit that button send, there it's for everybody to see. Everybody in the whole, even if you delete it, it's already had a screenshot. Everybody's got a critic. Are you willing to live a life of intention? Today I am farming. I am able to have this lodge where we can hold retreats with a nominal number of people, maybe 10 or 15, where we're practicing social distancing until this thing resolves. But I'm certainly not gonna sit in my chair and wait for it to happen. We're grateful that we can have people come out here that, and have the sanitizer in place and, and be able to have our curriculum taught and then go out on the farm and still have the horses and the cattle and the elk there for people to enjoy. Remember what I said about not thinking too small. Don't think inside the box. Throw the box out the window. Watch what happens in your life. So let's just do a quick recap. Number one, remember that this meeting is not about you. Remember to be a teachable individual. I just reversed those two. So be teachable. Get rid of the I concept. Have weopic vision. Number three, be willing to change your behavior. Just because you've believed or done something your whole life doesn't mean it's the only way. In fact, I'll just make it relative to all of you. If you think that I like these clothes, you're wrong. These are khaki pants. I got on shoes that are tennis shoes that are not even laced up. My shirt's a button-up shirt. It's a pretty boy shirt. I don't like it at all. I like Wranglers, cowboy boots, and my Harley Davidson shirts. They're just a little bit more difficult for me to get on. Wranglers are tight. The Harley Davidson shirts I like don't keep me warm enough. They don't protect my skin. You can see this black shirt sticking out. That's because I got three pairs on, and I think it's like 94 degrees outside. Three layers on and it's 94 degrees. I just changed my belief system. I've lost three friends that are younger than me to a pressure sore. Did you hear what I just said? I've lost three friends that are younger than me to a pressure sore. So rather than me just wait to get the sore, I got a proactive Band-Aid on. They're called Long Johns. I mean, I got, I got on three pair and it's 94 degrees outside. It's not for heat, it's not for warmth, it's not for blood circulation. I don't want red marks on my body. 
I'd like to stick around for a while to hang out with Shondell and the kids. So I'm just wearing the band-aid beforehand. I'm just all I'm saying. Maybe we'll end with that. Are you a proactive person or are you reactive? If you're reactive, you can change that real quick. Be proactive in your thought process. Be proactive in the way that you send a text message off to your kids. In fact, if you do nothing else after watching this talk, if you do nothing else, send a message off to somebody you care about. Sounds something like this. Hey, this is Uncle Chad, or this is Dad. Just wanted to know that I'm up at the lodge. We're doing a filming project for a great organization called the Wholeness Network. Sit in front of a fireplace right now. Beautiful area. Makes me think of you. Just want you to know the value that you have in my life. Hope you have a great day. Bye. Send that message off. The next time that that niece, nephew, daughter, son is faced with fear, rejection, uncertainty, suicide, doubt, depression, the next time they're faced with that crap, they're going to know that who, who's looking up to them. You are. And that gives them the ammunition they need to fight that back. So you can be reactive and say what everybody else says. Oh, we never saw it coming. We never saw John. We just never saw Johnny facing that. We just never saw it. it just, he never showed us that side of him. Or you can be proactive in your positivity. Climb. Remember, climb going uphill, not downhill. Climb, climb, climb. And watch who benefits from that. You'll be stronger yourself. But remember, that's not what this is for. Everybody else is going to be stronger because of your influence. And that's the power of living a law of intention. Thank you all for spending a few minutes with me today. It's been an absolute pleasure to do it here at the Lodge at Royal Creek Ranches. May God bless all of you, and I look forward to speaking with all of you again soon. Feel empowered every day with wholeness videos, meditations, downloads, classes, and more by joining the Wholeness Library at thewholenessnetwork.com.